Well, well, well. A lot of numbers. And you know what? They can be your friend, especially with baseball handicapping. We had an NFL pod extravaganza. It was just NFL into NFL into NFL. Picks. Extra picks. Bonus picks. Some college picks in the in football. And in the second pod, two, you know, two different chapters this week, as usual now, we had a, some good NBA talk. McKenzie was kind of being sassy. It was like, I, I know everyone else thinks this, but I think that. And by the way, I hit 56.8%. You know, it was, it was, I respected it. I respected it. But we're talking baseball. McKenzie doesn't even watch. Do you boycott baseball? I watched it in July. That's about it. Why July? Nothing else is on. You know, it's really hot. You need the air conditioning. Casinos have nice, nice air conditioning. Ah, so you're you're loitering? Yes, in yeah, in sports books. <laughs> but he's right. Baseball really shines in July because of the competition. And if all you care about is oh, I just want action when there's no other action, yeah, baseball fits the bill. But what about the guys, Fez, that want to win moolah? That's money. Dinero. What language is Dinero? I think it's just Italian slang. I don't think so. Or his, maybe it's Spanish. Oh, you mean money in Spanish? Yeah, dinero. Yeah, dinero. Okay, okay. What's money in Italian? Hmm. I don't know. I I can I can count to seven. I know vufongu. <laughs> Soldi. Oh, okay. Huh. Soldi. Yeah. I'm bilingual. No. Okay. Lira. <laughs> no, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was Lira. But, I, you know, I went to Italy when I was 12 with my family, and I was, I think at the time it was like 1,450 Lira for every dollar. But I would do like, I was like a trained animal that would be able to convert to Lira to dollars for the shopkeepers when I was like 11 or 12. Yeah, my mom was proud. That was the last mm. time. No. <laughs> so here's the offer. The second half of baseball. That includes July, August, September, October. Occasionally, into the playoffs, it goes to November. Remember Jeter was Mr. November? Mr. November. Okay. Now, how much is that going to cost? remember? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how much is that going to cost? Well, if you weren't a listener to this pod, it'd be $349. And let me tell you, we sell a lot of those at $349. Why, Who, why are they buying it? Because it's not only July, but it really is the grind is your friend if the pro is willing to grind. Now, we got at least three, if not more, but three hot ones that are grinders. Spartan, this season, up nearly 36 units in baseball. A little guy named Steve Fezzik. Some say he has a toupee. Others say it's not a toupee. He's up over 32 units in baseball. A sweep tonight, Fez, right? 2-0. Taping here on Wednesday. A little later this week because of the fourth. And then we've got Andre Gomes, who the rumor is, you know, mansion and yacht for you, Fez. He has a yacht. What's it bigger than a yacht? Like, what's what's the kind of boat? A cruise ship? <laughs> what's the kind of boat that has a yacht, like, in the back with the hookers? Remember in Billions? Yeah. He goes, they had the Russian hookers in the back. Okay. I was just in San Diego. Okay. Staying at the Hilton Bayshore, and those yachts you're speaking of mm-hmm. are docked right outside the hotel, and they're, like, bigger than— Super yachts, maybe, we'll call them? 
Yeah, super yachts. The, the, the lira yachts. They have a lot of lira. There are yachts. A lot of dinero. <laughs> on top of the yacht. They can launch a yacht from their yacht. Well, that's like Star Trek. And a helicopter. Yeah, if, you're, if your yacht doesn't have a helicopter pad, it's, is it really a yacht? Who would consider a yacht without a helicopter? Yeah. I mean, that's sick. <laughs> Only a poor. Let's just say this. Andre Gomes may or may not have a yacht like that with a helicopter pad. But I can promise you this. He's got a yacht. The guy just, he's always got a suntan, but he knows the NBA and he knows baseball. He's been winning with pregame for, I mean, it's been almost 10 years. He's up over 30 units. And I strongly believe that because the NFL and football takes most of the attention come September, that the grinders in baseball have a real opportunity Fez and Scott, I think you're both. I mean, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Especially the derivative market where it would not be unusual that you'd see like a total move, like a run in baseball, and then like a runs hits errors prop bet, which should move in, in mm-hmm. sequence with it. Nah, just stays out there because everyone's betting on Kansas City and, and the Chargers. So, Scott, you're a baseball, one of your specialties. Would you agree that as it gets to football, there's just less attention from the bookmakers? Yes. Which Less attention mean, from the public as well, moving lines. Which means we can exploit exploit that. That's what these guys do in the second half. So you're going to get every pick from the one you select from now through the World Series, the final pitch, and that's going to be for only two ninety nine. dollars the, the regular price, $349, you are getting a $50 discount because you listen to the pod. As our thank you, we do one every week. That's stretch50 is the coupon code. So you go to pregame.com, click buy picks. Then you're going to see 349, so you pick your guy. Fez, Scott, Gomes, Fezzik. Wait, Fezzik's Fez. Fez, oh, Spartan was the last guy. Right? Could be him, Fez. I know you don't like anyone being above you. He is up 30, almost 36 units. Spartan's a good man. You're only 32. Yes. But you, by tomorrow, you could have him. And if you act, you could have those winners. It's stretch50. It's a coupon code. Go to pregame.com. Go to buy picks. Select your fellow, and in the shopping cart, it says coupon code, question mark. You throw it in, boom, you save $50. And if you don't like baseball, meh, don't do it. Just the, don't watch it. Just bet it. That that can happen, too. I don't watch a lot of things I bet. You think I'm watching baseball? But I bet it. I like playoff baseball. I watch that. Every pitch. On to the show. Episode two, here we go, and let's get right to it. Jam-packed so far. You would think in July it'd be short. No, we're into the uh, draft. Mackenzie, we got our quarterbacks we picked last week, and here's the move. We have four quarterbacks we're each positive on, and now we're going to pick two of those that we're negative on. Now, how do we grade that? It's going to be whatever slot they were drafted in, Versus where they end up. Now, what's our system of how they end up? It's half the PFF grade, half QBR. So one's about the quarterback isolated in theory. The other's about the offensive passing performance with the running quarterback performance in QBR. Example, Jalen Hurts. Let's say that someone faded him and he ends up fifth in our amalgamation, our stats, how we do it. Well, crazily, wackily, Scott Seinberg said, no, no, he's going to be second. He was drafted second. So it'd be three slots worse. You'd get plus three slots, right? 
So let's say I say, no, 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 Kirk Cousins is going to be bad. Well, he was drafted 12th. If he ends up being ninth, I would be minus three in my fate of him. So it's really slots either good or bad. So let's say I drafted someone 10th and they end up 14th. Well, I'm minus four there. So, I mean, really, that's effectively who's going to win or lose this is how much you're plus or minus. And for this, we, we're going to continue in our draft order, and you can only take everybody once, right? You can, everybody can fade someone once, and then they're off the board? Yes, that's okay. correct. Yeah. That's correct. And I never really thought of that, but you're right. So what does the, the order look like here? Uh, McKenzie, Scott, AJ, Fezzik, RJ. And then, I get and then you get the turn. Okay. So, so, so once, my depth of knowledge is going to come through here. Okay. Yeah. Let's repeat that again. So once somebody picks a fade, that, that person can't be faded by anybody else. Board, it cannot yep. be faded by somebody yes. else. Yes. Yes. Now let's set up where everyone was drafted last week. And if you didn't hear that show, go back and listen. It's evergreen pretty much in the summer. Okay. Number one, Patrick Mahomes from McKenzie. Number two, Jalen Hurts, Scott Seidenberg. Number three, AJ Hoffman, Josh Allen. Fez is next, goes with hometown, formerly hometown for Fez, Joe Burrow. RJ goes against a multiple-year history of berating <laughs> this guy. But you got to know when to jump on, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, the, the savior. <laughs> He's going to save my ass. Then, in a controversial trade, who would have had – remember in Godfather 3 when Pacino says he didn't have the wit, he didn't have the ambition for that hit. Well, I had both, and I said, I'll trade you. And it was like such a no-brainer for Scott. He goes, oh. he goes, it's RJ wanting to trade. It's like Billy Bean calling about a prospect in the minor leagues. I'm not sure what I should do. Like, but he gets on base. Oh, yeah. It took – I mean, you were scared. Uh, I just – I wasn't scared. I just had a plan in my head. Oh. And whenever you make an offer, I generally don't trust it. So it's uh, – That's trouble, AJ. The strip clubs, the, uh, yeah. the, the other stuff. Like, generally, like if someone that. If someone else had offered it, I probably would have considered it more quickly. But when it's you, I'm like, how am I getting the worst of this? So anyway, the, you got the trade up, and you got Justin Herbert, who I didn't want. And then next up was Lamar Jackson for Fez. I think a pretty sharp pick there. Now, then I was next with Tua. Ooh, there's some risk there. Mm -hmm. Now, Aaron Rodgers from Scott, He somehow he thought it was a couple years ago, maybe. I don't know, but okay. Then McKenzie with the craziest pick of all, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't I have the first pick in this? No. You, are, why are you like well, why, commenting on all this before I'm, I'm confused we do? On how, are, I've never agreed with this order. Why would this you, be the order? You literally paid to be fifth in the order. Yeah, but that was for the other. This thing. is a continuation I, of the draft. Oh, no, I think we got to re. I think we got to re. <laughs> we got to rebid. Yeah, no no way. that makes this sense. Is the draft continues. It's a different theory, go fading. But it's it the same draft. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> There's a certain order in the first round, and there's a different order in the second round. It's not supposed to be. I'll swap order with you for five bucks. What? Deal. No. Deal. No. No. Yeah, trade is consummated, baby. No. That is completely below board. No. Why? Why would? What do you mean? If he's gonna offer his things up, then he should offer it up for bidding. What's that? That's not a rule. 
I watch the Shark Tank, and uh-huh. when, when someone offers up a shitty deal, and the other person says, says, says "I'll accept it," you know, Mister Wonderful has no recourse. It's done. Exactly. You Good watch point, Shark Fez. Tank. Good point, Fez. I'm gonna put my pick in right now. No, I'll wait. I'll wait. But I wanted the deep knowledge. Can you tell us the other good faith we can have you now that we know trust your deep knowledge. That's why you were, you were so RJ, angry. I'll buy that McKenzie pick off of you for $10. <laughs> it's going to go for a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. McKenzie, that email that got sent that is a time send tonight, ignore it. All right. So, <laughs> All right. Aaron Rodgers, Brock Purdy. Again, some would say a fine pick. Next, <laughs> McKenzie. Dak Prescott, which I don't mind there, number 11. Scott comes with Kirk Cousins. I think typically, again, if it was three years ago, it would have been a good pick. Scott, you you kind of getting the all-stars from 2019 together. Yeah. Last time I won fantasy football. <laughs> did Tom Brady, did you think about Tom Brady? <laughs> I, I had him, but. <laughs> All right. Jared Goff, next from RJ. Sharp. 13th, Fez. You got to admit, that might have been the pick of the draft. Oh, yeah. Right? Sure. Well, the pick in the draft until I fade Brock Purdy here in a second. All right, next up, um, Deshaun Watson, which I like this one. Really, I made a mistake. I didn't have him in my calculation. I just forgot about him. Justin Fields next. Okay, interesting. Remember, QBR has a lot of running in it. So, Um, Geno Smith. Oh, Fez wanted that so bad. Right before Fez, he takes the waddling Russell Wilson. Scott thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl. Well, no. Derek Carr is next, and that's who was going to win the Super Bowl from AJ. (laughs) Then Mr. Daniel Jones from Scott. Then Jordan Love from McKenzie, which I think is a good pick. All right. So now we had a few bets that were made last week, 300 a crack, and those bets include – you want to run those down, McKenzie? Sure. RJ has Tua over AJ's Herbert. Scott has Kirk Cousins over my Brock Purdy. Fez has Watson over Purdy. Fez has Watson over Rodgers. That's from Scott. RJ has Goff over Scott's Cousins. There's a few RJs here in a row. RJ has Goff over my Dak. RJ has Goff over my Purdy. RJ has Goff over Scott's Rodgers. AJ has Derek Carr over Fezzik's Russell Wilson. RJ has Geno over Scott's Cousins. Scott has Daniel Jones over RJ's Geno Smith. And AJ has Herbert over RJ's Trevor Lawrence. So those and last, I have half of that. And Scott bought half of that. <laughs> and those last two, is there any note in there that says RJ made fun of him until it they... It just says flustered. Exclamation <laughs> until point. they went against one of his picks? No. Actually, of all my picks, my, my anti-Herbert with two is my worst one. I got. I mean, but I guess I made an implicit pick anyway. But, yeah, I'm not sure I love that. But I just think Herbert's overrated. But, I think you're letting your personal biases get in here. Well, we'll see. <laughs> all right. So, you want to explain the rules of the fade? Yeah, I think we did yes. with the slots and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I think we're good with that. Okay, first pick. Without further ado, Shocker. I'm fading Brock Purdy. Fade me, fade him, please. All right. This was like the Trevor Lawrence pick. They rushed up. More like LeBron. <laughs> Scott? Right. Who's next? I'm going to fade Trevor Lawrence. Ooh. <laughs> well, I got, you want to talk about getting under someone's skin. <laughs> I mean, you, you have, you're really down on him. I'm, not, su- I'm surprised. Not, not to be number five when where, the season's where you, over. Where would you expect him? Where would you rank him? Probably eight or nine. All right. So one thing does concern me. They've, I, I think it's a PED violation. They lost one of their tackles the first four Cam games. Robinson, mm-hmm. yeah, PEDs. So now that, to me, 
remember, this sounds crazy, but Jacksonville's year was like last year. They've kind of kicked the can down a little bit. Like they want to win this year. And I also think, and I'm having a mental block, the the uh, gambling receiver. Uh, uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was a massively good trade. I do too. And, and I think Ridley is, you know, going to really do well with this team. But, okay, fair enough. First, where would you put Trevor Lawrence in this contest? Where did you have him? Oh, one second. Yeah, I am seventh. This is a jump. I am seventh. So, so really, my only option would have been Lamar over him. I got to be honest with you. Lamar, well, I, I'll wait to see who picks who, but I got some thoughts on Lamar. But who's next? I'm up. I'm going to fade Tua. Oh, my God. These, the, the, Let's just say this. Book some time on SOVAM once a week. And we can <laughs> we can do a little update. Let's just say that. Um, okay. So is it all about injury? All about injury. I, I think he's got the highest injury probability on this list. And if he gets hurt, doesn't qualify, it's an automatic uh, swoon for me or a, a boon for me, I should Now, say. in the contest itself, we are getting one. No, Oh, that was a debate. Should we have one or two? Tosses, meaning that it, you can like get rid of your worst one or worst two. You guys wanted to get rid of the, only the worst. I thought maybe two, but I'm going to defer. It's been a long, you know. I don't want to delay things, so we'll just get rid of the one. And that includes worst. the two fades, like yeah. it, like so. If one of so your you got fades six is- picks, whatever slots are the worst, you you drop you drop that one, and then the competition is the five remain. Yep. All right, who's next? I'm next. I'm going to fade. AJ's Josh Allen. We've talked. Ooh. We've spoken about how the Bills may not um, be as good as they've been in prior years, and how Josh Allen may well not run nearly as much as he's had in the past. Mm. So I think three is um, a little bit optimistic for Mr. Allen. I will fade the Wyoming quarterback. Where was he on your list? I had him lower than three. I had him five. Okay. Now here's the thing to think about. There was seemingly something that happened when he got hit on the head that he never was – he didn't think – it was almost like an entourage. You watched Entourage, mm-hmm. right? Remember when Benny Chase did the stun himself? Yeah. And he hit his head, then yeah. he's with Sasha Gray? Yep. Josh Allen was with Sasha Gray metaphorically <laughs> last year. Hmm. You'd agree with that, AJ, right? Yeah. So, Shaved his head. Yeah, who knows? All right, who's next? Me, I'll fade Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I like that. No, Aaron Rodgers went ninth. So actually, yeah, we said it once, but we should make a point to say. So when he faded Josh Allen a second ago, that was from third. AJ mm-hmm. picked yeah, him third. Yep. And then ninth now for Aaron Rodgers, which was Scott's guy. I faded Tua from eight. Uh-huh. RJ faded, uh, faded Brock Purdy from 10. <laughs> and Scott faded Trevor Lawrence from five. I might give him five ounces of gold for that trade, not $5. <laughs> McKenzie's got another, uh, another no. crack at it. Nope. No, RJ goes because he only traded, traded the, the first overall pick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? It's he just he sold, yep. he right. sold the no, pick right. for $5. Yep. But you know something? McKenzie's been really generous with his foolishness with Purdy. So I could say as the $5 was trading the slots or trading the draft general position. So, McKenzie, I, it, obviously I'm not gaining anything from this, but I think it'd be fair. So, you can have my slot, and I'll take, I guess, the last pick, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. This guy's 12th. I think he's going to be 20th. I'm going to book Kirk Cousins to fade. No, wasn't he faded already? No. Nope. nope. Oh, okay. Um, no, you just said bad things about him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> now, I wonder how many people across the country, when I just did that for McKenzie, thought, 
Jesus, RJ must think he's got this thing locked up. I, there's no <laughs> doubt. Like that's what I'm thinking. Or are you thinking like he made such a mistake by giving me the first crack at it? But that's the, no, that's the other. Just, he was just showing his confidence in Purdy. Yeah, he was. But that's the other thing. Like that didn't screw McKinsey exactly. at all because McKinsey couldn't fade Purdy. Exactly. Yeah. So it, all it screwed was the, it the screwed three of us. <laughs> because the re, the reality of the situation <laughs> is that RJ has the only quarterback on this list that's not even guaranteed to start the season. How much you want to bet he does? Uh, oh, I, no, no, McKenzie, no, no. Listen, oh, Mac, I, I mean, it doesn't. I hope he does, Mac. I'm just okay, saying. Let's bet it then, because you obviously think there's a very good chance that he does. And look, I'll lay. Minus I don't think anything. I said out. the facts it's, are that he's your the only box. one that has a chance to not start the season. And if we're talking about like injury, your optimism for him is strong. That's all. Yeah, yeah, there's nobody else here that has a chance to not start unless there's an injury in training camp. And and AJ's making a very salient point. It doesn't hurt you, me fading. It hurts you in a way because you, but you're because you're positive on him. Right, but if he ends up having a great year and ends up third, you're gonna win this thing. True, it's possible. All right, who's up? I'm next. Jalen Hurts fading. Ooh. He's number two, and this is a pure value play. We all know Mahomes is the best quarterback. We all agree, and now we can have a spirited discussion. You know, should we go Herbert? Should we go Burrow? Should we go Josh Allen or Trevor Lawrence? Brock Purdy, Lamar Jackson. You get the idea. And just the fact that whoever got taken second, I was going to fade. And in this case, Scott. Sorry, I'm fading Jalen Hurts. No, now, let, no, let me no, ask no. you. Let me ask you though. What's the maximum amount of points you think you're going to get on this fade? Like, oh, what's could, the lowest Jalen Hurts is going to finish the season? The nose tackle could push in one direction and the running back in the other. Well, and anyone, get a fraction of pelvis. Can, anyone anyone can yeah. Get hurt. I, yeah, but this push for the first down play, this could cause. You sound old. No, this could cause problems. It's dangerous what these kids are doing. That is a dangerous play. He could get injured. I like I like fading running quarterbacks. But you have Lamar. On that note, I will be fading Lamar Jackson with my next pick. Uh, just Thanks, a, RJ. <laughs> it, it, same same reason I faded too. It just feels like he's a high probability of injury. So it's a, it, there's a, a pretty high ceiling there. Listen, when that. a guy blows out his knee six times like AJ, you know about it. I know it. I know injury prone. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'll that fade was, Justin that Fields. Good. Oh. oh, you're up next? Yeah. All right. I'll fade Justin Fields, another running quarterback. Number 15 throw the ball well that has a chance to get hurt because the amount that he's running the football he misses some time now, wait, 15 let's, goes let's be down. clear about something the injuries only hurt you if you don't qualify for QBR exactly. if yes. you do the injuries are if anything you'd rather a lesser quarterback to have less games and do agree. extremely well Okay. Am I up? So like missing a game or two doesn't do you any good here You like you, exactly. you're, that's why Tua probably does have real risk Yeah <sighs> Maybe I should have kept my side of that pick because I know I is it me now? Is it slim? Yeah. So who hasn't been picked? Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, I can't Joe wait. Burrow. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Oh, you, Justin Herbert hasn't been picked. Oh, oh you have to. You have to fade Herbert. <laughs> yeah, you made him take him. <laughs> like, let me consider. Why did McKenzie make it eight point font now that I'm looking? Oh, he's trying to make it all available. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, you can go. I'm not going to fade anyone. Uh, before Herbert. So go to Herbert and down. I'll look at that. Okay. Thank you, bud. All right. So I've got uh, Herbert to choose from. I've got um, uh, Dak to choose from. No one faded Dak, right? Nope. That's right. I can't try to fade myself. Oh, Watson. Oh, no, that's interesting. But no, see, there's upside there, too. 
Fields has been fake. Gino, I can't fade myself. Russell will. Oh, okay. He went 17th, though. Derek Carr. Ooh. See, this is what's interesting, though. If one of these guys gets like third, you get crushed. Daniel John Carr. I'm considering Carr. I'm consider. No, I'm not considering Wills. I'm considering Carr. Hmm. Brock Purdy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I gotta do it. Justin Herbert. Let's just the full one. Let's go. Me versus you. I love it. All questions have been answered. They will be by the end of this season. <laughs> All right, guys. Fun stuff. And is there any other bets that I think we've really gone through this and bet it 80 different ways? Yeah. But is there any other bets? So, Fez, here's my thoughts about Lamar. Would you agree in the media there's a lot of, like, love for Lamar? There's something about that, that, that coach GM, former GM, saying, oh, maybe he should be a wide receiver, just got under people's skin. He, he had an amazing – his rookie year was fine. He had an amazing second year. He won the – I mean, let's just be – you know. but ever since he has every year – has been less of a not saying every year he's dropped, but it, none of those years have been as good as his passing year. It's not about his running. His passing year that year in nineteen was amazing for him, and it's been generally a downward trend since. Because he keeps having tummy aches and he can't play. Well, that's a meant that might be psychosomatic. Mm, I don't know. But but he, so you think he's just getting healthy all of a sudden? No. There is Lamar risk with injury, obviously. Now yeah, but they, I'm okay if he misses four games. That's fine. I, I agree. Now they bring in a uh, OC who likes to pass, and it's like, well, when has this guy been good at passing? One year now, like four years ago. Yeah, but he didn't have the weapons he's got this year. What weapons? Odell Beckham coming off a major injury? 34-year-old <laughs> Odell Beckham? Yeah, and they got the first-round draft pick. They, they picked receiver. their first-round draft pick right two, three years yeah, ago. Yeah, but he, he played. Well, that's how, the Ra- <laughs> that's how the Ravens pick receivers. Yeah, I, I'm not optimistic about him. I mean, who's to say, do you think he's not 100? you think he's forgiven the Ravens for what he went through? Now, here's the funny thing. They can give him $50 million a year, but he's still going to feel aggrieved. I can't speak to his mental state, but it, he he said he said goodbye to Baltimore. Yeah, right. I mean that that's pretty severe, right? He's saying it was fun. See, I wouldn't want to be you. I think was the exact quote. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just asking. I mean, AJ, do you? I mean, you used to have a press pass to various NFL teams. Don't you think it's amazing how people can be aggrieved even though they've oh, yeah. given a lot of money? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. He got the money he wanted, but it took them longer. And the Ravens humiliated him by saying, we're only putting a certain kind of tag on you, and you go see if you can get more. It's like a woman who wants you to marry her, and your your engagement lasts seven, eight years, and she's getting really frustrated. Mm-hmm. And finally you say, okay, let's get married. Do you think she – like? She wanted this big dream wedding five years ago. She she's always gonna hold that in her head. Why we could have started Are you a family she's not in her prime. At this I point? mean, she may not be in her prime anymore. And that's a Don Lamont type quote. <laughs> Don now, Lamont. <laughs> now that's a nice throwback. <laughs> now here, here's here's something that's related to that. A good friend of mine, he, he grew up next to me, was younger. Matt Lowe. I've mentioned Matt a few times on this pod. And and on the radio show, he's a fan. He dated a gort, or girl named Lori, and they started dating in eighth grade. They dated all through high school. Well, they both went up eventually to high state. 
let's just say there was a hiatus. They, then they resumed. And they dated like another five or six, seven years. So now it's like age 25, 26, 27. Matt didn't want to get married. He was apprehensive. He'd been dating her pretty much all but 18 months since they were like 12. I said, Matt, you got a decision to make. You got to marry her almost immediately or you're never going to marry her. Because if you wait and you don't and you get married, it's going to be a living hell. So they got married like within the year. It was a smart. There comes a time you got to do it. Yeah, just advice. are they still married? Yes, and two kids. Smart decision. Two kids. Yeah. Well, let's wait till it's all said. Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Let's wait. Till, let's wait till the kids graduate high school. But I'm optimistic. Matt used to be a wild man. He settled down for those 18 months. <laughs> wild man. No, he. Well, that's a whole other story. All right. <laughs> I mean, he he was the type to be candid that would drink like. 12 or 14 beers when he was like in, let's say, ninth grade. He was a drinker. The whole fan, I mean, the family's known as big drinkers back mm. there. Yeah, uh, it's a, yeah. Let's just say, <laughs> I could do a whole podcast on this family. <laughs> Good people, but. Um, but drinkers. For sure, for oh, yeah. sure. If there was a drinking contest, AJ against you and I, who would win? Well, if I was back when I was 17. Now the, today. The answer is I would win. I agree. All right, let's just say this. Hmm. I think, uh, Fez, you could have drank, what, two beers probably when you were 17? Not even. I'd get sick. <laughs> <laughs> if he could drink two, if we all could go back to 17, I'd take me and him. I think you'd be like a one-and-a-half beer favorite. Oh, we're well, let's just say this. Today, though. I will say this. I bet I drank more than you in one 24-hour period than you ever did. Zero chance of that. All right. So I'm going to give you an honest number on my 22nd birthday. Okay. And God strike me dead if I'm lying. 28 drinks. Oh, I, I beat that. Oh, my God. 28, like, like full. I mean, what I mean by drinks as in, like. Beers. Yeah. Beer well, it wasn't all beer for me, but yeah. Yeah. You had more than twenty-eight. I've had I've had well over thirty beers in a day on the river. Those are, those are rookie numbers. Well, maybe this is different because I'm not. I'm talking about like going out at seven and having drunk, drank, drunk, whatever it would be. You I said guess in a twenty-four hour period. Yeah, that that was the wrong way to frame it. But let's, if you have let, five, let's say a six-hour period or seven-hour period, like a normal night I mean, out. I don't know if I've ever more than twenty-six drinks in a seven-hour period, but like I, I've, I would hope not. I've gone on a ten-hour river float and drank probably close to forty beers. Okay, I've <sighs> never, I've never drank whiskey since. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, this is a true story. Is a guy named Rico, <laughs> paisan of mine, growing up. He was a bartender. He had been a bartender in a bar in. Ohio, steel country, coal mine country for like seven, eight years. So he's seen a lot. Yeah. He said that's the most he ever saw anyone drink. That's strong. Now, that said, that was so far above my second big day. It would have been like 14 or something. So it's like that was an aberration. I will say there was a time when I was in the Army where me and two other guys drank 83 Miller Genuine drafts in one night. <laughs> <laughs> and we know it was 83 because it was one beer short of another 12-pack because we woke up and there was a bunch of empty bottles and there was one standalone golden MGD sitting in the fridge. And I was disappointed that none of us 
Lightweight. None of us could handle it that <laughs> night. All right, all right. I think he has it. Right. I mean, I'm also, so, like, way bigger than both of you. Uh, apparently, listening to the pod last night, or the pod you guys had for the, what was it, for the, it would have been for the fifth, it sounded like you were intoxicated on the pod. I, I swear to God, I had, like, sun poisoning or something. <laughs> Sun poison. But McK- yeah. Mackenzie and Scott did. They, they, Is, there's it was a new like, beer called Sun? They were like, how many beers did you have today? And I was like, I had three beers all day, and I stopped at like I I learned his first. I felt like I was dying. Damn, Mackenzie trying to get heat off him for his he intoxication was, yeah. that one show. He threw, he threw me yeah, under wait. the bus on that. <laughs> all right. <sighs> Where are we? I'm just computing at what point you get your blood alcohol level would hit like <laughs> .3. But .30 and you'd be like, you have to go to the ER. I swear to God. I was, So there was that night. Next day, I don't remember anything. The next afternoon, I was so hungover still. So it was like literally two days later, I was like so, oh my God. I can't, I, I almost puke when I smell like whiskey now. Ugh. It was bad. I love whiskey. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is it sun whiskey? All right. So what do we got left? So we... Uh, got some picks, right? Didn't we have a few picks? Yeah, Scott and I did some work on the uh, the SEC. All right, well, we uh, let's save that. Oh, you guys are doing one a week. Yeah, now. we're going to do Let, one a week. Let's just do the picks on that one. Then we got McKenzie for some NBA talk, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. All right, so let's, uh, let's do our gal, though, to start. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Second best theme of all time. I'm going to go with LSU Tigers over nine and a half wins here. Any money price? uh, Minus 130. And this is, oh no, excuse me, minus 115 at DraftKings. Okay, okay. Uh, LSU over nine and a half. This is, uh, the start to the season is tough. Florida State's a tough game. Other than that, it's Alabama. And they beat Alabama so many, last this year. This doesn't count the SEC title game if they make. No, this is regular season how wins. How many games they got? 12, 12 games. All right. So if if they beat Florida State, this is I feel like this is already a one bet because, again, they beat Alabama last season. The so if LS- they lose two, you lose. Yeah. No, if three. I lose three, three, I can lose three. Uh, okay. That's three. what I'm saying. If they lose to Florida State and Alabama, I can't find a third loss on their schedule. Well, but what's, the, I, what's I would like to bet you right now if they lose those two games, they'll find a third loss. Uh, but, but yeah, probably the, fair. Here's the question, though: Is who's what's the third toughest game? Uh, probably Ole Miss or Texas A and M. Because the thing about the SEC is, you go on the road. There's a lot of possible losses. I mean, you know, but yeah, I, they're at Ole Miss. That's probably their their so toughest remaining game. Is is the AP poll out yet? It's not. Nope. Okay, so like in the preseason mags and stuff, where's LSU? Top ten. Okay. So, and is that commensurate with it? Like, where's the market mispricing? Meaning, why do you think it's, do you think LSU is better than like, you know, eight, nine? Is it the SEC is going to be down? Like, what's driving? LSU got fortunate with their scheduling. Okay. So make that case. Explain that. Yeah. So outside of the Alabama game, their their East uh, crossover game, the one crossover game they play with the East is against Mizzou who's not a very good team. And LSU, this is the other thing that, uh, that I love about LSU this season. They're one of the few teams in the SEC returning a quarterback, and they've got a legit stud in Jaden Daniels. He's surrounded by a ton of weapons, ex- experience on the offensive line, and a solid defense again. And like I said, if there's not a game 
outside of that Alabama game, if they're in the Florida State game, I don't see another loss for them. So I think they win one of those games. And remember, this is a team that pushed you. I could see LSU, another sort of side bet off this is I could see LSU being a dark horse to win the SEC if Georgia slips up because at 5-1, to one, I, this is a team that put points up on Georgia last year, 30 points so they, against Georgia. So they don't play Georgia during the regular season? No, no, not in the regular season. Oh, I don't like that. Why? Because Georgia's going to be like like minus like 10 playing LSU in the in the SEC title. Georgia's like is it, 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 power rated through the yeah, roof. Yeah, but it, it might be Georgia doesn't need the SEC title to even make the playoffs. That's a good point. Right? But, I st- but, but the marketplace I mean, listen, will still afra- shrug it off. If you're off. afraid of like, – you should want to, like the number one team in the country. You should want them on the, in your path if you're getting proper odds. Where on is it. the SEC title game? Atlanta. Atlanta. Where's Georgia? In well, Georgia, there's no way. There, there's no way in in Georgia that they're well, going to. Alab- I mean, <clears throat> Alabama beat whipped their butt two years ago in the SEC title. Well, well you, but by, my point is, there's no well, way Georgia. What, what do you mean? Your point is, my they, point they, they is, they got beat by Ale- or you, by you, Alabama. You made the point that Georgia may be disinterested, and my point is, yeah. they're not going to be disinterested when playing in the Georgia Dome or the Mercedes Dome or whatever they're calling it in Georgia. But then how did Alabama beat them? Because they were good. But except they weren't that good. I mean, because if I'm not mistaken, Georgia was like a four and a half point favorite in that game, if I remember. Yeah, but Alabama's was loaded also. You know? And what he's saying is, he thinks LSU's like the fifth I, or sixth best team. I mean, I'm not saying. If you got the same odds, I'd rather not face Georgia, right? But in theory, facing a, uh, with a potential disinterest, and again, I don't. And think that's that, what I disagree. Yeah. I just don't see them. Just I, I agree with you if they were playing in New Orleans or somewhere else, but not in Georgia. Well, that's why I prefer the nine and a half mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. I don't have to. Be, I don't have to deal with playing Georgia. Yeah, and your payoffs a lot less too. Yes. Yes. Maybe, maybe, maybe a bet you can get on board with then is LSU two to one to win the SEC West. Now that's All right, now now we're talking. Yeah. So who's the main competitor? Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. It's interesting. How, where do you have Bama? Like, what do you on a neutral field? Bama and LSU right now. Bama minus two. What What is the game of the year line right now with LSU against Bama? Because that game should decide who wins, right? All right. So this is on SOVAM. AJ and Scott are going to do one college football conference a week, and then the sixth conference they're going to do is all the Power Fives combined, and uh, there'll be a deeper dive. You guys are going to have underrated, overrated, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Bama's minus seven at home against LSU. Ooh. So neutral field, it'll be field goal, maybe three and a half. But yeah, but that doesn't. It's but it's not a neutral field. So right now you can that 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 no big line should be like two twenty minus two twenty plus two twenty seven point favorite. So what's your point there? I'd much rather just bet the plus. Oh, seven as opposed to winning the, as a proxy for winning instead. But of, instead of winning the division, not instead of their over under. That's right. Okay, exactly. And yeah. I'll, I'll I'll might as well give you my under bet in the SEC, and it's under Alabama ten and a half. Uh, and it's minus one seventy five. It's juiced heavily. So, so this is this is uh, a twelve games also. Twelve game season under ten. ten the question is, do they lose two games? And I think they do. Uh, they have a tough test early, right out of the gate against Texas, a much improved Texas. Now it is in Tuscaloosa, so it is at home. Alabama is a touchdown. So favorite. is Arch Manning going to be there? Uh, he's probably not starting. Okay, but he's going to be there. He'll be yes. there. Yes. Right. And they do have a stretch in the middle of their season, three road games in four weeks, which could culminate in a hiccup at Texas A&M. Is there any rest disadvantages? <laughs> it could, well, they're all Saturday games, uh, which could result in a hiccup at Texas A&M. And then I do think the LSU game or the Tennessee game could be a chance for them to lose. The thing that I don't like about Alabama this year is this I is coach. The, yeah, that coach. <laughs> this is Overrated. The, yeah, this is the first year 
in a long time that they don't have a star quarterback. Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, Tua, Bryce Young, these are all household but was names. Was Bryce Young a star before he became a star? Bryce Young was one of the most highly recruited guys in the country. So well, they all are, but Bryce Young, yes, was a, was waiting in the wings as a star. Jalen, Min- they don't even know who's going to be their starting quarterback this year. Jalen Monroe is the guy who was there Milrow. last Jaylen year. Jalen Milrow. Milrow was the guy who was there last year, but... Tyler Buckner transferred over from Notre Dame. People are saying that maybe he wins the but, starting but isn't job. Isn't that an embarrassment of riches? If I mean, because Tua replaced Hertz. Sure. In the game. So obviously there was a competition mm-hmm. there to some degree. I, no, I'm not saying you're yeah. wrong. I'm just trying to understand. So it's the, to, to me, it's the first year that they don't have a, a true star quarterback because they don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Uh, and I think that with the road, the road games, the three and four weeks, and the competition that they face, two losses is very reasonable to expect from this team. I do think they win 10 games. I think they're a 10-2 football team, mm-hmm. but I don't think they win 11 games. And the under has the big vig on it. Minus 175. So they're saying it's better than 50% chance that they lose two. Okay. I got a best bet in the SEC team also. All right, go. This is my square ball bet of the year. Okay. Georgia to win the national championship plus 230. I love this bet. Ugh. So, no, no, don't say ah. Listen to the analysis. Then you can disagree. <laughs> so Georgia's over under season win, 11 and a half, RJ. Mm-hmm. That means it's slightly big to the under, just slightly. Okay, that means 40% of the time they're going to win 12 games. All right, 50% of the time they'll probably win 11. Or lose zero or one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My point is, is that an 11-1 Georgia team is making the final four. There is not a scenario. And thus, maybe in the SEC championship, they're not as interested. Possibly, <laughs> possibly so. So, and Although so, not in Georgia. So oh. if Georgia, Georgia's power rated through the roof. Mm-hmm. If Georgia makes the Final Four, it is a likely scenario. They're going to be laying six or eight or even 13 in the semifinal and then six in the final. And that plus 230 is going to look ridiculous because it's going to essentially be a pick type price. So it would be cheap on Georgia at that time. Bold prediction by middle of October. Georgia's going to be like plus 130, and you can get them plus 230 right now. So here's the thing I would say. In general, I don't like the chalk. But one thing you've talked about is you believe the VIG, the implicit VIG in these markets is oftentimes in the long shots yes. and not the chalk because – I don't know why that is. I don't think people like it's weird. They love favorites, but they like payoffs. So in some markets they're they, they want they don't want to you know only get back plus two thirty or whatever. So I can see why maybe that doesn't have the vig in it because the public's playing the the fifteen to one type shots. Um here's my question. How fragile, you know, anti-fragile, how durable, however you want to say it, is George's dominance? Meaning is it all about a quarterback? And then if the quarter, obviously I'm guessing the D is pretty good, but in general, what could happen that has Georgia in trouble? Are they durable enough that a couple injuries and they're still okay? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, 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 a lot of people say they won despite their quarterback play but, last year. They're back-to-back national champions without, with that quarterback. Uh, without a dominant quarterback. And last year was their reload year on defense. Okay. So th- this year, all the defense, most of the defense is returning. Uh, after the the draft two years ago, where they had five guys go in the first round, uh, they're they're stacked. So unless the quarterbacks that come in are just complete ass, they're they're built to win again. Do you have Georgia four better than the year's number two yes. team? At least four right? points yeah, better. Four points better. Who's your number two? Michigan. I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And 
Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1 and all of a sudden you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against with Pick 6? You're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. And maybe six, right? Probably four and a half, five. I'd cut in line to lay five right now. Yeah. Georgia neutral against Michigan. Who's your number two? I I don't have one. Oh, okay. <laughs> there is no. There's only there there's only a one. There's no. I, I I would put Alabama number two, and I think Alabama, I think Scott brings up good points that Alabama's no good. You know, Georgia's that head and shoulders. I don't think no everyone. good is the right word. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Poor choice of words. They're no good. They might lose two games. Yeah. Yeah. Possible. Ten and two and make the playoff. <laughs> I mean, you think about Nick Saban. What other coach in history of college football has gone through multiple eras with so many changes? I mean, for the first half or more of his career, it was defense won titles. He had one of the best defenses. He was um, conservative on offense. And then Deshaun Watson shows up, running around. He starts to have trouble. He says, ha, huh, I'll join this club. Mm-hmm. And he comes out with first. I mean, what was Saban's quarterbacks drafted it was A.J. McCarron or whatever, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's first round, first round, first round, first pick in the draft now. And now there's the portal era. Now, will he win? Will he? He's certainly, you know, top five, but is it momentum? If he can do this, you know, he's only got so many years left. Sure. But if he gets one more title in, the, in this portal era, it's going to be three effectively that he was at. And you think about it, from Joe Paterno to Osborne, those guys, you know, Osborne got good at the end. You maybe can say Osborne had a second act because that's when he won his titles, right? It wasn't until the mid-90s 
Remember, Nebraska was over Miami of Florida in, what was it, 83? When it was a two-point conversion at the end? Yep. yep. I mean, so it was a long time he was not on top, but almost on top. But most of these guys are one era, then they're competent. Saban's been dominant for multiple years. I think years. you bring up a great point about him reinventing himself. And then I most famously, at least unless I'm remembering wrong, he did a surprise onside kick against Clemson, basically saying, you know, we can't stop these guys. So we're just going to steal a possession, won the game for them. Let me see. Again, Saban, I mean, to me, he's unquestionably the best college coach of all time. Not even, no doubt. But what's interesting now is is you got Kirby Smart. If Georgia does win, this will be the first team ever to win three in a row. Mm, I don't know if a team's won three in a row. That's. I mean, I think it's uh, it's maybe if it's happened, it happened with Notre Dame. And well, let's mm. take a look. Um, and again, some of these years before the playoffs, Minnesota was, and yeah. Yale are the only teams to win three straight. I think in the thirties, in the eighteen eighties. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So in this se- or in the last two centuries, yeah, 34, 35, 36 was Minnesota. Oh, okay. And you mentioned the shift that from Saban, Jalen Hurts was the first freshman to start at quarterback for him. Okay. So the change that he made was, hey, I'm rec- I recruited this guy. I'm I'm going to this guy. I'm not, you know, he's not going with like uh, an incumbent or somebody that's been in the program and somebody that's developed. He recognized, hey, I'm bringing in a star, and I'm handing the reins over to him. And then he replaced him at halftime. And then he replaced him with another freshman in Tua. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, a fr- you know Bryce Young replaces Mac Jones, and yep. Saban's not stubborn. I mean, he might be stubborn in some ways, but he, mm-hmm. he's. Uh, that Minnesota three Pete, I remember Brandon Walsh's great grandfather was a center <laughs> yeah. on that day. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Oh, we got some NBA talk, right? And yep. then we got we had multiple picks there. That was good. All right, Mackenzie. Now you'll be talking about this on SOVAM also, you know, a little deeper dive. But you got the Miami Heat as a winner. I'm confused. I think they lost two of their guys, didn't they? Yeah, this one's not a debate. Having a chance at Dame Lillard is by far the biggest transaction that hasn't happened uh, in this free agent period. But it but, was the but, day but, after. Well, hold on. You said you said this is the biggest transaction that hasn't happened. Yeah, because it hasn't happened, but it moves the markets way more than than the Wolves signing their guys or the Kings signing their so guys. So tell us about the tell us about the market move. When the Warriors, I mean, when the Nuggets beat the Heat in the finals, the Heat were reposted at twenty-two to one to win in twenty twenty-four. All right, so there was a chance that they might become available, but it wasn't something that was prevalent in the minds exactly. of people. Okay, and you started to hear that it was becoming more and more prevalent. And when they drafted Scoot Henderson, the Blazers did. They went from twenty to one about to fourteen to one. The market already said this is a high possibility. Then Dame said, "I want out. I want to go to Miami." No other team has offered anything close to the kind of package that Pat Riley's putting together. I whoa, think it's going to happen. Whoa, 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 Report, no, no one's been reported to have offered anything more than Miami. Well, but uh, let me ask my question, please. Um, my understanding is that Miami doesn't have much to offer, but it's Portland being tied up in knots in that they got to respect this guy that stayed loyal to them for so long. In general, in the NBA, these players get to go where they want, and if you stand up to them, it, there might be lingering effects to that. You add in that Dame has been beloved and, and, and loyal to Portland, that maybe this is something Miami gets him, off, gets him cheap, 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 because what's the choice? Yeah, Ryan Russillo said it 
right when he said the Blazers are not going to win this trade. Okay, and, so when you're saying if it's about the amazing package Miami has, that doesn't seem to be the point, does it? Well, it's it? not an amazing package, but John Hollinger and Zach Lode, uh went through every package possible on their podcast, and it's the best package available because they're not – no, no one that has cap room – is going to want Dame Lillard to come and be the 15th best team. It's only going to be a contender. When you look at the contenders, they don't really have a lot but, but, of but the whole maneuverability. Tr- the, the whole thing in the NBA is you trade dollars for dollars, right? So wh- what's the cap room issue? He's not a free agent. You're, if Whatever Dame costs a year, you're going to give him back that in yeah, salary. Yeah, but if I'm the Raptors, like— All right, but it's not about cap room. I mean, Boston could trade. I mean, I'm not saying Boston will. I mean, it seems like what's important is Dame said there's two teams he's interested in, right? And I, I agree with you, and I think that's reflected in the marketplace where I saw my like what team will will Dame go to, and Miami was like an obscene minus, like minus three fifty at one book. So, what would you guess based on Hollinger or your thoughts or some hybrid? What would you guess the package looks like? I think it's going to involve a third team because the Blazers don't want Tyler Hero. He doesn't fit with their timeline. They already have a lot of guys that can shoot and don't play defense. So you bring in a third team. The Nets reportedly want Tyler Hero. Uh, mm-hmm. You get maybe a first and a second for him. Add that to your own two firsts. Add that to whatever else they want. Jovic, the guy, the Mexican they just drafted. and that's The, the Mexican they just drafted? Well, it was the first international Mexican. I mean, what is wrong with saying the word Mexican? <laughs> no, I'm just— It was it's the just... first in- international Mexican to ever be drafted in the first round. It's a big deal. Uh, my Mexican friends shouted out to me when, when it happened. It, it was a big deal in the community. I don't think they'd be mad to hear that. Hey, you have a better feel than me. I, again, it, it, it rung a little you know, different to me. But again, I, I trust your judgment. Are you mad right now? I'm not. I just don't remember the guy's name. <laughs> okay. Jaime Hawkins. Yeah, there you go. What's his name? Jaime Hawkins. He sounds... Oh, hmm. Hmm. It's a, NBA is an international league. I mean, like, in a weird way, that's going to be an interesting question is, does does America to some degree disengage? Because we love it's a world league, right? Because on one hand, because we wouldn't want there to be another league that's almost as good or better, right? If we said, you know, only American born, it'd be like, well, would this even, you know, would the other league? That's interesting. Is the rest of the world got more talent than the U.S. in basketball? No. I think so. Really? I think mm. at the top end, yes. If you were creating like the world versus the USA, the world would win. Uh-huh. But talk about like the 400th best player in the world. I think America still has more NBA caliber players. Except, do you really have a deep knowledge of like the the, the number one league in no, that's Spain a good point. or and whatever? Ma- and maybe they're just getting more opportunities. Yeah. See, I don't because they have all these. They have like three levels of inter- of uh, professional leagues. If, over yeah. There. Nikola Meritich was probably point. a top hundred player. He went to play in Europe because he's European. If you ever looked at like the live wagering options offered at some of these sports books, okay. it is staggering how there's how, how like, many how many leagues they have. Oh, it literally Germany has like three different leagues and like oh, like all throughout the world. Basketball is is so like, like Pinnacle would have this up or who has it? Um, up? weird weird books like pay pay red type of books like which have an international and, and kingdom. Yeah, bet kingdom. It's crazy books like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. I, I listen. To me, I think your points were well taken there. Um. Okay. So. But forget who, if there's a third team or not, what do you see as the core of Miami that's worthy of, and I'm not saying they're not, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, tend to, what tw- do you think the odds go to if, if the trade happens and it's about the compensation package you expect? I think they're right, maybe a slightly behind the Celtics, maybe right there with them at 6-1, five, plus 550. I agree with that. All right, so what is the starting lineup of that team? Dame Lillard. Um, Bam. Com- Bam and Jimmy, that's the big three. Uh-huh. And then it's it's going to be uh, plug and play. I mean, I'm trying to remember there. Duncan Robinson, maybe. 
Yeah, Duncan Robinson, Victor Olivo's going to be gone. Kyle Lowry's going to be gone. They're going to have to move some pieces. So yeah. if there's any team that's able to pick off the scrap heap, it seems like Miami does a good job of that. No you doubt. Know? Half their team was undrafted. All right. So that to me, this is a savvy point. It's the dog that didn't bark, but when it does bark, it's going to be the loudest bark. Hmm. I think it, that's how it goes. But I like it. Okay, second biggest story. Uh, second biggest winner I thought was the Milwaukee Bucks, and they just stayed pat. Boy, I heard, I heard otherwise here. This is a contrarian position. Make the case. So Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez were free agents, and that first day, that first 24-hour period when Lopez was reportedly very interested in Houston and Middleton hadn't signed yet, Bucks went from 7-1 to one to 8-1, to one, and then they both signed. Lopez apparently uh, reversed action on a, on a handshake deal with the Rockets, and they go all the way down to 6-1. to one. Uh, so that's why it's the biggest up. It's the biggest upgrade in the mod, in odds. Yeah, I see. And I, I mean, really, I really like it for the Bucks because they had such a particular, unique, quirky style of offense and defense under Boldenholzer. If they completely revamped the roster, we wouldn't know if that worked or not, or if it was the new roster, if it was Giannis's aging. Now they have the same team that was favorites to win the title entering the playoffs, or right around there, and they have a new coach with a, I think, a more modern system and a more complex system. And we'll see how it goes for Adrian Griffin. But yep. what, what's not new is the age of Middleton. I mean, it, it seems like – I don't think Giannis's age is the issue, but it seems like the, the other key players, the other three best players on the team are all ages a major issue, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think for Middleton, not even being 31, but just having the like injury three, history. four years of injury. Yeah, and Drew Holiday at 33 as a point guard, you got to be worried about that. And with the big guy, I mean, it's like he was almost out of the league a couple years That's ago. That's what's crazy. Uh, I think Zach Lowe said Brook Lopez had his best season as a pro, not as a sixth man, not as like since he no longer was an all-star caliber player, but as a pro, added the most value just being a three and D big. I mean, he he was he was in conversations as the defensive player of the year. Though a lot of people discounted him because the theory was the the scheme, which former coaches scheme now really lent itself to him performing well. Mm. Now again, and the new coach is Adrian Griffin. All right, what do you think of him? I mean, I don't know much about him. He comes really highly regarded. He put in his dues as an assistant. Uh, it, I'm, in, I'm interested to see what he, what he brings. So it could have been any coach, and you could have said that exact same thing. I really didn't like Boonholzer. I'm not the only one. A lot of, okay, I mean, but what I'm saying is NBA what you said was, he, I don't know much about him. He was an assistant coach once, and some people think he might do well. Yes. <laughs> didn't didn't Budenholzer win Coach of the Year? He did, I think, several times. Well, first of all, and Coach of just... the Year tends to get fired uh, almost immediately. Like, Brad, it's been Brad Hamilton, times. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Employee of the Month. All the, all the best coaches have been fired in the NBA over the last five years. But what I'm saying is if you look at the – get a list of the Coaches of the Year, hmm. I think less than half of them was with those teams 48 – like, uh, tw I'm sorry, 24 months later. Yeah. Like, within two years, they were all fired. So give the rundown. Yeah, um, Mike Brown, we'll see how he does. He was coach this, this okay. year. Money yeah. Williams just fired. He won coach of the year last year. Uh -huh. Tom Thibodeau is still there. Uh -huh. But Nick Nurse was fired. Budenholz was fired. Dwayne Casey, you might not have even heard of him recently because he was outcast to Detroit. He was fired only two years after winning coach of the year. Dan Tony, he's an assistant on the Philly now. And Steve Kerr. So if you win the championship or you, <laughs> you got, are— You got a 50% right. chance. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a tough business. Doesn't even include, ooh, Doka. Ooh, Doka. <laughs> True. Well, I tell you, he's coming in Houston and clearing yeah. the house. We'll see. All right. All right. I, don't, I think you're wrong on this one. Um, obviously, the market did what it did. I'm surprised at that. So the question is, what did they think was going to happen? 
Uh, I can't. I, I never heard one analyst like the Middleton signing. The, how would you say the money was on that? It wasn't cheap. Thirty-one million a year. I think it was. It was pretty reasonable. I mean, it's it's ten million less than Kyrie. It's six million more than Draymond. I feel like that's where Chris Middleton is in the league, and he, he accepted you know probably a little bit less than he could have got elsewhere because it's three years and like with his injury history, he got that guaranteed money. Here's the thing, Giannis is only signed for two more years, if I'm not mistaken. They have a down year this year. Yes, this is exactly the point. He has an extension coming up this fall. If Lopez said no, if Middleton said no, that would be a huge issue right now. They got that off the table. But here's the thing. I don't think he takes the extension now. They play this year, and if, if, if Middleton looks old, Lopez looks old, they don't have many moves. They don't have The draft choices all went out. I mean, yeah. so this is, in a way, they were, unless they could do a miracle kind of trade, this was like it. It's like you either double down or you mm. you fold, I guess. So, and Simmons made an interesting point. There's an int- there's a unique ownership structure in Milwaukee where there's two parties that both have like equal control, and they have an alternate or they had they had an alternating five year of command and control where for five years one of the ownership groups got to make decisions, and then for five years the next one did. Well, the first group that made decisions passed it off, and then they sold their stake. Mm. So, again, these are billionaires. Maybe they're – who knows why, but there's a sense of this – you know, here's the question. Four years from now, what are the odds Milwaukee still has Giannis? And if they don't, they're going to be one of the worst probably seven or eight teams in the league because they don't have a lot of draft choices. This could be like the last stand of these guys. I don't know. Do you agree with that generally, McKenzie? Yeah. All right, so give us, let's just do one more. Give us the biggest loser. This might be controversial, and I like this team generally. The Golden State Warriors completely shortened their window by trading Jordan Poole for four years for Chris Paul for one year. And you can argue Chris Paul is the better player. Well, why, how do we know Chris Paul is just one year? Um, he has one year left on his deal, that's guaranteed. Which, um, yeah, so if anything, if he's happy in Golden State, he'd probably sign for less than, than what he's pay, being paid this year, right? True, and he will be worthless being 39 at that point. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's an older player, obviously. But I think it's just the culmination of a plan that didn't work and the whole two-paths concept. Wiseman's out the door. Now Poole's out the door. Uh, they don't. They, they, they could have consolidated. I think they should have traded Draymond Green and Poole for a top-end talent like Pascal Siakam. They didn't, and now they have Thompson getting $40 million a year. Well, first off, listen— Jordan Poole, they got the most they could, right? There was no, there was no reason they didn't get the most they could. And they, yes, I would agree with that. They got the most they could after this season, after last season, or in the middle of the season, they could have gotten a lot more. Yeah, but they they thought that this guy was potentially the future. Then Draymond punched him, and you know, by most accounts, Golden State let tape out that only could have came from inside the organization that embarrassed them. Like punch, it's it's just like the Ray Rice thing. A punch doesn't sound like all that much until you see it, and when you see it, it can be daunting, especially with a NFL athlete and a woman, right? I mean, it was gruesome. And do you think it was someone in the organization that just didn't like either Draymond Green or or Jordan Poole? Do you believe Steve Kerr when he was like, "We're gonna uh, scour the earth, we're gonna find who did this"? So how's that going? Exactly. They didn't, they didn't find who did it. I think it was a situation where maybe it was a Draymond loyal. I think it helps Draymond because what it d- did was make it impossible for Poole to stay. 
That's what it seems like to me. I agree with that. So it was, you know, he wanted to, and he got a hundred million, right? Four years, a hundred. Yeah. So he's where he wants to be. I believe this. I believe that it's the only time winning isn't the priority is if there's respect to be shown from warriors, and I'm not being facetious for the Golden State Warriors, that won you titles. Big Ben getting the last year in Pittsburgh, that probably hurt their chance to win something. I'll take that. They they still made the playoffs. I'll take it, right? Because it's it's it, Kobe getting that money. Now, again, that Kobe thing was a business decision. They figure we pay him, we're still going to sell out. It looks like we're respecting our longtime heroes, but in truth, we were getting a bunch of good draft choices. So yeah. they were tanking but still selling out. That's how the Lakers do it. But I, I think that's the one time you just – like see, like Danny Ainge, it's always been said he thought they should have traded Mikhail. They had a chance to trade him like in 88, I think it was. or It was late, but it would have been like a little early in the eyes of like the fans. It was like we still believe in him. I don't know. I mean – I, I, I think the I, I think seeing like maybe I'm old school or I don't want to say that I think I am but I, maybe I'm sentimental maybe but like I love that Heinz Ward had multiple teams that wanted him and he said I'm not I don't want to play if I'm not a Steeler and the Steelers are telling him we you can't play here so it's like there's got to be this respect that the the, the the team means more than any individual player. But sometimes the team's going to respect the player, give him the extra year. and But it's their decision, right? You know, And I don't know. I, I think the Warriors are going to maybe not win another title. I think odds are they won't with yep. this core. But Steph's going to get to play with who he wants to play with. And if Draymond wouldn't take any discount, then maybe they make the decision because of that. And we'll see with Clay because Clay's making way too much money. I think he's got one more year left. And to the fans, no one's ever going to look back 10 years from now and say, we paid Draymond for too long. We paid Clay for too long. They're going to say, we won all those freaking titles. Yeah. But remember, the theory is, can you win? Let's be honest. If the second path was working, they wouldn't do this. Right. Yes. No, I agree. Like, if if Wiseman was a hit, then, yeah, if, if Jordan Poole took the the next natural step that he was expected to take instead of taking that step back... I doubt I Draymond's he, still he around. Was, he was punched back. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was. But I, I think the 89 Celtics is a really great analogy. This is a team that could have re- reconfigured around a great player like Bird or Steph Curry and won another title. They chose not to. Their odds didn't improve with this deal, even though they allegedly prioritized winning and thought short term. Their odds didn't go up. So that's well, why I think they're losing. Hold on. That's interesting because, if anything, I would think the next year horizon – the fact they kept the team in place helps them because, like, who— You're right. I, I think the fact that the odds didn't go up said, we thought the Warriors might have done a better deal. They did this deal, so we're going to leave the odds where they are. Yeah. Even if it helps them and, in and, the short term. And listen, we won't get into it right now, but this whole second apron stuff, by all accounts, is going to be the most important thing in the NBA. That, that, that If you go over by a certain amount of cap, it mm. is so draconian— the 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 it's so um punitive punitive i like that punishing these these restrictions it starts with draft choices it start i mean you can't take uh buyouts i mean again i'm no authority on the salary cap but apparently it's a huge deal so now on 
you can't trade multiple players for one, adding up salary. Yeah. And the Illuminati, though, is saying, from the basketball one, is saying— Not the other one that we talked to on Tuesdays. <laughs> is saying that uh, uh, this is just a boogeyman— to say, oh, why not? Why did our team not sign that guy? Oh, it's the second apron, man. Yeah. You can't do. It. So I think there's probably some truth to that too. But the, you know, the two teams that are so far into that second apron when it does become applicable is Golden State and the Clippers. Not Phoenix. Well, they may be, but yeah, I guess yeah, based now. on last year, yeah, well, yeah. And again, Phoenix got a new owner. It's very interesting. It, there's a financial element to the NBA that's bigger, I think, than any other sport. Like it's kind of a changing of an era. Like you were talking about with Nick Saban, this this second apron is going to be a new era. Perhaps, yeah. Or but they're saying some people are saying if you're willing to spend enough money, those other restrictions don't matter. It, that's what people are saying with the Suns. Like they're going to pay twice the luxury tax in a few years if this keeps going. Maybe that's okay for the new owner. At least till you get the first title. I don't know. Right. All right, Mackenzie Rivers, NBA expert, fifty six point eight percent over seven million. No, how many picks was it? 500 over two years. It's pretty strong, Fez. We I, say it every week. I just texted it out. That's pretty Appreciate strong. Appreciate that, by the way. All right. You know, Mackenzie often doesn't get the proper promotion. So thanks for picking up the slack. No problem, boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other <laughs> NBA talk? All right. So next week, we got the— Wait, what, one quick thing. Oh, yes. The NBA Final Four for their in-season tournament was just announced today. Oh, give us give us the um, overview. 30 seconds. So it's going to be six groups of five teams, and then you have a knockout round of the top eight teams. But what's exciting to me about it, December 7th through December 9th, the Final Four here in Las Vegas. Now, where, where, where exactly? It's in Vegas, and what is the reward for winning? Uh, I, I don't think it's, all the details are out. I've heard 500000 per player. And all the other wins besides the championship win counts as a regular season win, which is kind of confusing. But the championship is its own thing. I'm a lotto, an albino, a mosquito, it's amazing you could be underpromoted but have a theme song. Doesn't seem to go together, does it? Doesn't. But how smart is the NBA? You know when that championship game is? Hmm. The Saturday of the Army-Navy game. In other words, oh, they waited for college football to end. And there's always that void. That weekend, remember, we watched mm -hmm. Army-Navy, and there's nothing. I, you Smart. bet the under, and then you know, then it's like everyone else bets the under, then it loses by half point. Or... It, no, it wins <laughs> <laughs> the last 17 years or whatever it is. It was, the total was like 29 now, right? It's unbelievable. <laughs> the, um... Thir no, there's 35 usually. I am not. I don't know all the details yet, but I'm not optimistic about it. This feels very soccer esque. They're gonna announce it on it feels Saturday. Very soccer esque to me. Knockout round, mm -hmm. groups of six. Oh, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come over the top. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is gonna be wildly popular. You think about the NBA. The NBA doesn't matter. No one watches the NBA in December mm -hmm. other than Christmas. This is brilliant. Well, it'll be interesting if 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 you can't explain it in. 20 seconds is a problem. That's well, Mackenzie couldn't, ex me. couldn't explain it in 20 well, seconds. Well, he's pretty smart. He is. He has his own theme song. I mean, it just got announced. I mean, it's like. What's I interesting about this is how this is going to affect win totals. Once, once they announce the format here, yes. how is this going to affect team win totals? Because, as you said it earlier before we started recording, if this means nothing, what's the stop from teams from saying, all right, you know, guys just are going to sit out for but this it does uh, mean tournament. It does mean because they just said it counts in the standings. Yeah, but if you don't win your group and you don't get to the knockout stage, that's less opportunities to get wins. It could mean more to some teams and less for others. Yes. Yeah. 
So how does this affect win totals now? And what what's the books going to do when they hang the win total numbers? They have to factor in teams that are likely to win in the play-in tournament. But what if we don't even know the groups and the the the, the drawings, the pairings yet? It's all going to be confusing. Might have to go to winning percentage instead of season wins because they don't know how many games everyone's going to play. Strikes me it's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it really Some does. would say soccer-esque. I think it's soccer-esque. I like the under, though, in the Army-Navy game. Is that right? You got an early, <laughs> I an early, early number. <laughs> the early number. I mean, you know, listen, I'm not one to resist change. Get off that dirt road, baby, and get on that super highway. I don't know. I don't think all change is good. All right. From here... And plus, let's be honest, Silver's got that, like, he could have been the head of the Pac-12 look about him, doesn't he? I mean, like, he seems like someone, if he could, he'd have swimming involved. If it was be a way to have synchronized swimming, Adam Silver would. I think he's too tall to work in football. I'm saying he doesn't, he wouldn't be football. He'd be synchronized swimming kind of thing. I'm just saying, it all seems a little, I mean... What's it been, McKay? It was before you. It was before anyone but Fez. Fez, the beginning of SOV on Fox, my point was player empowerment might be going a little bit crazy. Right or wrong? Yeah, right. <laughs> and that was probably about three levels of player I, empowerment ago. It's like they say you can't. Like, like now they're opting into the contract, and right when they're signing, say, by the way, I want to be traded. When James they, Harden. When they hand the contract back over. <laughs> I mean, and everyone's going, yeah, it seems fair. It seems about right. I'm leaving you guys, but I want to go to Miami. Yeah, and yeah. you're gonna make it happen. By the for way, me. if I just left, I you know I couldn't make all this money, so I'm gonna sign this, but don't expect me to play. Mm. Come on, I mean it's gone, it's gone wacky. All right, good show. Next week we got all kind of stuff that we didn't do this week. It was that, but Fez was just blah blah blah. The I, usual. Yeah, I don't blame him, but from here, <laughs> Fez. Hey, hey, be careful out there. See you next week. Thank you.